You're listening to the Gender Reveal Party Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Pryor. This isn't your usual gender reveal party. There will be no baby sex parts. This is the real reveal, where we reveal gender through stories of brave humans willing to share their lived experience. Enjoy the listening. I sure enjoy making it. Hey, everybody, it's Jay Pryor here, the Gender Reveal Party Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is our last week of Pride, and I am being selfish and taking the first week and the last week of Pride for myself, or I kicked off Pride anyway on my birthday. And um, so this is the last week of Pride, and I wanted to take some time to uh, come on and talk about uh, Pride and, again, what it means for me uh, in a different way. So we kicked off Pride by starting where I celebrated my life and moving from loss to love and being able to celebrate my life. And I really had a huge breakthrough around that this year. And thank you for letting me share that with you. It was really powerful. And um, I really did move that this year. And so I got to celebrate my own life um, powerfully this year. And I've been working on that and chipping away at that for years. So I kicked off Pride that way. And then, you know, we had many Bruce, many Bruce Pratt, what a love. And we talked about the revolution. And the fact that pride started as, you know, people like me, like her, like Leslie Feinberg, like all these people not willing to not be expressed. And that's how it started. And, you know, then we brought in Aurora Higgs to remind us again that this was a lot of women of color, a lot of trans women of color who were out front, right? Um, Rita Rivera and Martha P. Washington, Right. These are the women that were out front and a lot of women, who, trans women who then were kicked aside by the movement. So we, we wanted to make sure that you all got grounded right, in pride, because I think sometimes there's a you know, there's a complaint from the community about how, you know, rainbowy June is and how people don't understand the struggle. And I do think it's important to remember where we come from. I really do. Today, I want to flip that on its head, though, and really look at this rainbowy month from a place of acknowledgement and from a place of where we can take action. So, you know, when I came out, I came out from a psychiatric unit. I came straight from a psych ward out of the closet. And so looking around and, and what was possible then for me, like when I came out of the closet, there were a handful of bookstores run by women that had corners on little tables that had buttons that were you know we had a I wore we used to wear a black triangle which signified that the black triangle that was worn by women all kinds of women who weren't Jewish but were considered other in the holocaust we had freedom rings where we wore these rings around our necks that were rainbows those wouldn't come out to the 90s though and so you know in the 80s we we didn't have much <laughs> there's certainly never in my imagination could i have dreamed that i would walk into a target <laughs> and see an entire rainbow section way to go target and the targets taken the next step to hire queer designers artists clothing makers to make sure that they're really putting their foot in it way to go target again so then i want to look from so what compared to when I came out in the 80s, right? I was a young lesbian in the 80s. There was nothing. And now my kid who identifies as a non-binary human and uses all the pronouns is 12 and a half. And while, 
you know, I do my best to keep them guarded from the legislation that's out there because they don't at 12 and a half who needs to really be engaged in that and they're not they're just being 12 and a half talking to their friends and playing video games so they're not present to that what they are present to are the rainbows that are showing up in their games right and the rainbows everywhere we go and so they see themselves as celebrated and and even though they know that there's haters out there they've been picked on all year there's still, you know, the trans kid is still getting picked on <laughs> in the world. Um, they know that they're celebrated and the world has shifted. And we're not going to let it shift back in any way, shape or form, especially for my kid. So I want to really acknowledge and appreciate where, how far we've come. And with an acknowledgement of, you know, we look back and we see where we come from and how far we have left to go. <laughs> and for me, I want to share about what that how that then brings me such pride. Right. And that oh, that for me is what proud, you know, being proud and being pride. I think there's a difference. And especially if you're classically trained female, we are really taught not to be proud of ourselves. <laughs> like do not be proud of yourself, no matter what. Right. And so, you know, what is pride? Well, when I came out of that psychiatric unit and came out, I'm sure many of you have had this experience. Once you come out, you have something come out of you. You can't cork that back in. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit back into the bottle. And throughout my life, I've come out so many different times and, you know, am now this, in my opinion, and I'm the only one that counts, <laughs> am at my most authentic expression of myself, right? I've got my soft lady beard, I got my lady butt and my lady hips and my soft lady skin and I have my breasts are gone. And for me, that is so significant. So, you know, not every butch is dysphoric about their breasts. There's this world that kind of tips over from butch to trans butch, right? And I have always landed kind of in that butch, I'm butch and I love being a butch, <laughs> but I'm also didn't, I hated my breasts. I wanted them gone. And I was always uncomfortable about them. And there's a certain percentage of us humans that in order to have us feel complete, we need those to go away. So one of the things that I thought I'd share with you today is how I experienced pride is first giving up that gay was wrong. And believe me, all of us are, you know, transphobia, homophobia is woven into the fabric of our being. You want to get that I hated myself so much that I said things like all gay people should be shot. I said those things. I said that I wouldn't walk across the street to piss on a queer if they were on fire. That is how much I hated myself. Yeah, how much I hated myself. Because anybody who hates that much, who resists that much, well, anything you resist, right? It's within us. Humans are mirrors to us. So if we're resisting that much, it's something within us. And oh boy, did I resist the gayness because I am gay, gay, gay. <laughs> lesbian, lesbian, lesbian. I love women. And born with these parts, that made me a lesbian. So boy, did that part scare me. And whoo, I resisted gay like crazy. But boy, once I uncorked that and I realized there's nothing wrong with it, I was like, yeah, I'm gay. Yes, this is who I am. And I'm a queer. And I was just as out in the 80s and 90s as a lesbian, as a butch, as I am now as a genderqueer. So that hasn't changed. It's not like all of a sudden I became a genderqueer and I'm really out. No, I've always been really out because I'm a loud mouth human being. 
sometimes I have to check my ego because I can be an egomaniac and I do like to be the center of attention. I am the youngest of nine after all. And what I've learned is me being out is the biggest activism I can do. Me being out, me, you know, blazing a trail for myself always makes things possible for other people. And so that is my focus. So I thought today that I would share with you the pride tattoo that I wear because it is about me living. It's like when I chose to live, something happened. So I don't know if you're familiar. I'm going to tell you about it first and I'll show it to you. So I don't know if you're familiar with the semicolon, but the semicolon means that the story goes on. So there was a movement a while back where, um, especially around uh, LGBTQ youth and LGBTQ humans, uh, really, I mean, there's been so many suicides. And uh, when there was this rash of suicides, this whole movement came out about the semicolon, where people wear semicolons. You'll see people with tattoos of semicolons. They wear them all over the place. And so when I heard that, I immediately was like, that is me. I want to get that because I'm a suicide survivor. I had suicidal ideation from the time that I was, my first uh, thoughts of suicide were when I was nine. <laughs> Sorry, Ooh, it still bothers me. Um, when I was nine, and then I had suicide, I, I don't, can't remember a day in my life that I didn't consider that I'd like to die until I, I think somewhere in my 20s is when I started to, I, I made a commitment to not allow myself to have those thoughts and start working myself out of those thoughts. It's part of the process I use in coaching around integrity, like having a lot of integrity around being gentle with ourselves and not allowing ourselves to go to those places, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not a mental health expert, so let's not go there, but that's part of my process, right? So the point is I'm a suicide survivor. Also, I, one of my best friends uh, died by suicide uh, almost 10 years ago, and um, that impacted me in a huge way. And then I've known a lot, it's not more than most people I can count on, more than my hands, uh, the people I know or have known um, who have died by suicide. So suicide has had an impact on me. So I had this semicolon for a while, um, I have it over here, and I, um, you know, I like that, it was fine, but I wanted it to be bigger. I, I don't know, there was something about it that I wanted to change, make it bigger. And then I had these thoughts, this thought one day that it should bleed. And I'm not, not somebody who normally would get a neck tattoo. I'm not somebody who normally would do that, but I'm at this point, I'm over 50 and I'm like, oh, fuck it, I can do what I want. So um, I decided it needed to bleed and I wanted it to bleed rainbows. Like that was, as the blood hit my skin, I wanted to splash rainbows. So that was the image initially that I had. And then I wanted to, um, you know, go down into, and then it occurred to me that maybe it should go down to into a pride flag. So that's the tattoo. And, you know, the reason I have it and wear it and wear it with pride is because for me, it's about the fact that I survived it and that I have am here in a stand for other people's survival and thrival. Like <laughs> That's not a word, is it right? They're not just their survival, but thriving. Right. And so I am here for that. <laughs> I thought I would show you. I have to turn my head this way so you can see it. Um, so there's my tattoo and it comes up here. Let me see, I can put it right here. Uh, obviously, that's the semicolon. Um, then it comes down to, to bleeding and then it pools, the blood pools here. And then this goes down into the pride uh, tattoo. So this is the, now the pride flag has had iterations throughout the years. Um, this one is called the contemporary pride flag or the supposed to be the woke pride flag. It's got um, black and brown 
uh, stripes in it, and then it's got the trans stripes in it, and then it's got the uh, and then the rest of the rainbow colors. And if you notice, it's not completely done; like it's not filled in there. And that's because you know we we got a ways to go still. <laughs> we are not done. While there's pride everywhere, we have a ways to go. So um, this goes down into my chest surgery, uh, into my chest where I don't. I, I had surgery in 2003, and that's where I want to go next because I want you to get how intense that is for some of us. Um, like I said, not all butches are dysphoric about their chest, <clears throat> but those of us that are. Ooh, dude, <laughs> I can't even tell you. There's this feeling that we have um, that we lost something. Um, it's like when you're, uh, when I was a kid, and I talk about this in my one human show, that all I ever wore were jean shorts and no shirt, like in the summertime. And I was a little country kid, so no shoes, no shirt. I mean, I just threw on a pair of jean shorts and I was done for the day. And I remember so vividly the day that my peers became my predators when all of a sudden me having my shirt off got noticed by boys, got, 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 you know, like, and, and my mom started saying, oh, you need to start wearing a shirt now. And it was as though someone took something from me. It was like, oh, I, I, what, what, you know, it was just, it, it was horrifying <laughs> and I hated it. And I've, every butch I've ever met that hates their breasts and would like them to be gone um, or non-binary human who hates their breasts and would like them to be gone um, feels that way like we have that in common. So I'd like to take this opportunity to now present a call to action to you, my friends and my listeners. My best friend in the world is about to be 50 in December. Um, this human was my best butch at my wedding. And I can't, I mean, like in the queer world, we have our, you know, family, and then we have our family, like people who are about our family, and I have a big family, and I have a big family. <laughs> this person has been there for over 20 years, and it's one of those friends that, like, we've just been through everything together. Like, we've fist fought. Like, <laughs> we've hugged it out. We've, like, you know, like, we've just been through everything together, and one of the things I think is important to notice about, you know, being able to come into our own own authentic expression of ourselves is that there is a certain amount of privilege that goes with it. So I had the privilege of having an you know being able to get my education and then get a really good job and get a credit card to put my chest on, right? And so and I and then I had a partner who was just as committed to helping me with my journey to be my authentic self as I was. And so together we put my chest on a credit card and paid it off. So some people don't have that privilege some people have to scrape and blot and do all that stuff and if you had any idea the gatekeeping that goes on in the medical world around trying to keep us from being our most authentic selves i mean back in the 90s it was written into every insurance policy do we do not cover any transgender care like we do not cover any surgeries it was bold right they were bold we knew we couldn't get any of that covered Today, if people are lucky, if they've got really good insurance, maybe they've been with the company for a long time, they can get that handled. Or if they work for someplace genius like Microsoft or Target or one of those places that understands this, then they can, you know, their insurance helps them with those things. But most of the time, people are still out there slugging it out trying to get this done. So my best pal is going to be 50 in December, and I'm a stand that my pal get to have their chest surgery before they turn 50. 
and they have a GoFundMe page up to help them with this. And I am inviting you to step in and help my pal get their chest surgery. So we are going to post my pal's GoFundMe page. My pal's name is Patrice Wilshire. And if anybody in the world deserves to get this done, it's my pal. There are certain people in the world who have walked this butch life and like been slugging it out. My pal is one of those people because they've been in the restaurant industry, which is a male dominated industry and one of the most sexist industries in the world. And they have put up with so much crap being a non-binary human and out non-binary butch trans human in the world. And it would be the greatest gift of all if they could get the surgery by their 50th birthday. So I have a huge stand for this. And I'm an ask and a request that if you would like to contribute anything, haven't contributed something for pride, want to kick in something else for pride, want to put your foot in it as an ally, this is one way that you can really feel good about the fact that you are going to make a difference for a human being, helping them come into their most authentic selves. Because let me tell you, that the day I had my chest surgery, it was one of the most glorious days of my life. It was second to my wedding day. Seriously, I am not kidding you. I mean, it is like, it's like you get that freedom back that got stolen from you. And I want that for every butch trans person on the planet. But most importantly, <laughs> I want it for my best pal before they turn 50. Back in the day, we used to chant we're here we're queer get used to it <laughs> it seems like people are still not quite used to us yet and there's evidence that now with all the rainbows everywhere that at least you know we're here <laughs> we're queer some of you are not used to it yet we appreciate so much the celebration we appreciate so much the acknowledgement thank you for listening thank you for celebrating my life and my you know, my survival and my thriving in my life. And thank you for considering supporting my best pals thriving in their life and coming into their most authentic self. Happy Pride. It's almost over. And it's been a beautiful month. Happy Pride. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and for being part of our world. Hey, thanks for listening to the Gender Reveal Party podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, would you take a second and go do all the things like subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. Apparently, if you do that, the podcast platforms are more likely to share it. And if you think these stories are important, please take three minutes to just go do that. I'd really appreciate it. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm at the Gender Reveal Party. And on Twitter, I'm at Prior J. It's a real joy and privilege to bring you this podcast. Come back soon. Love you, bye. <laughs>